are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Turn your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'll start reading in verse 32. And I want to reiterate again how Pastor dreaded being away, though I'm, uh, he's enjoying time with family. He said that, but he, he dreads being away on services here. But he'll be back Wednesday, him and Mrs. Treber. So pray for that. And uh, thank you for being in church today. And you made the right choice. Now, I'm going to need your help because we're going to le- read a lot of scriptures today. And so that's a good way to get bogged down, all right? And so if you're already thinking about dismissal time and the sun outside, that's not going to help, amen? And so for the next uh, two hours or so, just kidding. All right, for the next few minutes, if you just help me, and uh, we'll, we will read a lot of scriptures, but... I trust that the truth, basically a lot of introduction, and then the truth for us this morning, I pray that it be a blessing. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us today, giving us another day, the fact that we're alive and able to come to church. I thank you for that. I thank you for your people and their faithfulness to be here. And we do ask, dear God, that you would meet with us. I realize, dear Lord, and uh, Brother Luke mentioned it, John 15, 5, without you we can do nothing. I realize that, dear God, and I do ask for your help. I don't want to come before your people thinking that it's me, because it isn't. It's either you or it's not going to get done. And so I pray, dear God, that Holy Spirit, you would take the word of God and bless it. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us to pay attention. Help us to give you the respect of listening to your word. It's not me. It's the Word of God. And I thank you for your people, and I pray, dear God, that you're blessed now today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse 32. I'll start reading there, 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing staff, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used For you had compassion of me in my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have uh, in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And then chapter 11, of course, is what we call the great hall of faith. These are men and women who live by faith, and God said they had a good report. And then uh, if you would turn to Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The book of Hebrews were written to Christians who were converted from Judaism. Uh, they heard the gospel from those who heard it from Jesus himself. Uh, chapter 2, please, of Hebrews. And again, I mentioned we're going to look at a lot of scriptures here. And then we'll present the truth at the end. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, so just follow along. If somebody's uh, beside you without a Bible, uh, kindly share your Bible with them so we can look at the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Okay, and uh, also may I say that these were not novice Christians. They've been saved a while. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5, please. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. So these were Hebrew Christians. They're second generation from the Lord. Hebrews 5.12. For when for the time ye ought to be, what? Teachers. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God are become, such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So they've been Christians a while, in fact, long enough so that some of them should have been teaching the word of God, but somehow they did not grow. It would seem that they were going through some hardships. Uh, turn to Hebrews 10, please, and verse 32. And thank you for following along. Hebrews 10, verse 32. They were going through some hardships and persecutions, and it looks like they were uh, being chastened of God, corrected by God in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, the Bible says, But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great what? Fight of afflictions. Uh, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. The author of Hebrews, and, and people don't really know, the Bible doesn't really say, I think it's Paul, it might not be Paul, but let's just say for the sake of the message today, it's, the, it's Paul. Paul was reminding them of the persecutions they endured. It says, remember the former days, uh, the reproach and the afflictions. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4, please. And so they were getting some <clears throat> persecution, but Paul said, you know, it's, it's not as bad as what happened to our Lord. It says in Hebrews 12, 4, he says that ye have not resisted, he have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So these verses that we read suggest that these Christians were experiencing conflict. Because of what they were experiencing, they were tempted to go back to Judaism. You know what? If we just go back, we won't stick out so bad. It will be a lot easier for us. And maybe we won't get persecuted as much. Maybe it's just better that way. Hebrews 10 and verse 36. It says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Basically what he was saying is, just hold on. Just hold on. 
Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So they were experiencing hardship and persecution, and it seemed bad for them, and they thought that it was bad. And Hebrews 12 implies that God was chastening them and correcting them, and they were getting tired and saying, you know what, why don't we just go back to what it once was? And the author said, he says, you know, that's not us. We should not be going back from Christ. Hebrews was written to encourage these Christians to stay with Christ. The author, from the very beginning of the book, and you'll see that if you read the, the book of Hebrews, from the very beginning, he lays it out and says, you know what? Jesus Christ is better than what you came from. He says, you know what? There's no need to go back to that because Jesus is much better than that. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Uh, Paul says, you know, there, you have a better revelation of the word of God. Uh, he says there in Hebrews 1, 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He says, in the past, God spoke to you with prophets. But you know what? In these last days, God spoke to you through his Son himself. God the Son himself spoke these things. He says, you know what? He is better. You have a better revelation. Christ also provided us with a better priesthood. Hebrews chapter 7, please. And if you just follow along uh, with me, that'd be great. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7. Hebrews 7, verse 7. It says, you know what? I don't know why you're going back. We're not the, of those that turn back from Christianity. We're not those that turn back from Christ. You have a better revelation. The word that you received came from Jesus Christ himself. Not just the prophets of the Old Testament, but from Jesus himself. And not only that, but you know what? You, look, uh, you looked up to the Levites and the priesthood, but you know, Jesus gave us a better priesthood. Hebrews 7, 7, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also who received tithes paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? If you can get saved through the Levitical priesthood, there's no need for another priest, he's saying. Hebrews 7.20, it says this, And it's not just not without an oath that he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. God the Father was putting his stamp of approval upon the priesthood of his son, Jesus Christ. By so much was Jesus made a surety or guarantee of a better testament. And they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Nobody's going to take away the priesthood from God. Nobody's going to change it ever again. It is an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he's able to also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which had been firm 
Timothy, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, make it the son who is consecrated forevermore. He has an unchangeable priesthood. He has a better priesthood than the Levitical system, he said. Why you want to go back, he said. You have a better revelation. You have a better priesthood in Christ. Christ also gave us a better hope. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. There was no salvation in the law, but through Christ we have the hope of eternal life. Amen. Christ gave us a better hope. And Christ gave us a better covenant. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much more also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Which was established upon better promises. You see that word better over and over and over again. And Paul says you know what. What you have is better than what you want to go back to. I realize that times are hard and you're suffering persecution, but you know what? It's not worth it to go back to where you came from because what you have is so much better than what you'll ever get again. We find also uh, uh, that Christ offered a better sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, is no remission or no forgiveness. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away the sin, uh, sin by the sacrifice of himself. He was the sacrifice, amen. God himself, the lamb. The Levitical priesthood offered lambs daily. But you know what? When Jesus came, there was only one sacrifice that was needed. And that was the one and final sacrifice at Calvary, amen. Praise God. I'm getting excited. I don't care if you're not, but you know what? If you want to help me along, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, God is the better sacrifice. Yeah. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is good. Hebrews chapter 10, 34. God says, you know what? Christ gave us better possessions. Hebrews 10, 34. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. You gave it all. You gave it away. Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven, hey man, a better and an enduring substance. The author was saying, you know what? You gave me your temporary possessions. You gave me your temporary goods. But you know what? Christ has given you an everlasting inheritance in heaven. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. There I go again. <laughs> hey man. A better and enduring substance. Something that will never be taken away from us. Amen. Everything you lay up in heaven, you'll see again. Amen. And with interest. Amen. You see, God has given us eternal possessions. Everlasting possessions. Christ gave us a better country. Hebrews 11. I'm glad I'm American. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And I came here legally, by the way. By the way. Amen. I just... Shut down half of you. You didn't like that. 
I did it, I did it by the law. It's a good thing. You guys are quiet. You got to help me out when I say things like that, amen. I'm glad I'm American, amen. I'm glad I came here from the Philippines. I'm glad of my heritage and all that. But you know what? When I took the Pledge of Allegiance, guess what? I became an American. I am an American, amen. And I'm glad to be an American, amen. And some of you need to smile. There's nothing wrong with what I just said. I am not being a racist. Amen. Some of you think already, racist, racist, racist. No, I'm not. I'm an American. And I'm proud to be one. Amen. That's why everybody else wants to come to America. Why? Because it's a great country. You don't see people flooding elsewhere. They're coming here. There must be a reason for that. Oh, amen. But as good as America is, Christ gave us a better country. Amen. Hebrews eleven sixteen. but now they desire a better country. That is unheavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for it prepared for them a city. There's a land that is fairer than they. Amen. And by faith, we can see it afar. I'm going to heaven someday, amen. And Christ gave us a better country. And Christ offers us a better resurrection. Hebrews 11:35. women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Christ not only gave, gave us better things, but in his person, he is better. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, 5, he is better than the angels. From to the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come. Wherefore, we, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For that he that had put all subject unto him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. There's no angel crowned with glory and honor. Jesus, though he was made lower than the angels, had glory and honor far beyond than any angel. The strongest angel was no match for our Savior. Amen. He was better than the angels. He was better than Moses. Moses was a great man. The Israelites looked to him. But he was still more greater than Moses. Hebrews 3.1 Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our prof profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who had built the house had more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. For a testament of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Moses was just a servant in the house. Jesus was a son over the house. Amen. Greater than Moses himself. The author goes through all possible arguments that these Hebrew Christians might have for going back uh, to where they came from and shows them that Christ 
is better. You see, the old covenant was a shadow, but the new is the real thing. Amen. The old was temporary while the new is forever. It was permanent. The old was abolished. It was done away with. It had an end. But the new is eternal. The old was for the Jews only, but the new was for everyone. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. God was saying, I realize you are going through hardships because of what you believe, but there's no need to go back. You stay with Christ. Why? He is much better than where you want to go. Amen. There's nothing back there that you want to go to that is better than Christ. Christ is better. Amen. You see, though, God was saying, I realize it's hard. I know that. But you know what? Don't go back. It reminds me of John chapter 6. Jesus was preaching and he said some controversial things, just like I said a while ago. Amen. It should not be controversial, but I guess it was. And what happened was the disciples forsook him. They started leaving. He talked about the bread from heaven. He talked about if you drink my blood and eat my, the bread, my flesh, you, you will not have life. And they understand, understand that. They were offended by that. John 6, 66 for from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. And then Jesus turns to those who stayed and asked them this question. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Will ye also go away? Peter answers in John 6, 68. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where are we going to go? To whom Shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Where would we go, Jesus? You have the words of eternal life. There's nothing, nothing better for us to go back to. Nothing in the world compares to what you have given us. To whom shall we go? And by the way, that's a good question for us to ask ourselves, if we leave the things of God, where will you go? Go back to the world from which you were saved? To whom shall we go? Where are you going to go back? What is out there that is much better than Christ? That is much better than living for God? What is out there? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Yet Christians forsake Christ anyway. I wonder where they go. Where would you go? You've not traded up. I guarantee you that you have not traded up by leaving Christ. You have traded way down. There's nothing in this world that is better than Christ. The author of Hebrews present his case before these Hebrew Christians. Then we get to chapter 11. And then he calls in his character witnesses. His character witnesses. I, he says, I'm telling you, no need to go back. I'm telling you, Christ is better than whatever it is that's tempting you to go back to. There's nothing in this world worth leave, leaving Christ. Christ is better. You have a better revelation. You have a better priesthood. You have a better hope, a better life. Uh, you have a better country. I'm telling you, Christ is better. Uh, let me call you some witnesses 
to tell us how much Christ is better. So he calls Abel to the witness stand. He says, Abel, can you tell this crowd, is Christ better? Oh, you better believe it. He is my Savior. Hebrews 11, 4, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel offered a blood sacrifice, which pictures the blood that was shed on the, uh, by Jesus on Calvary. Cain offered the fruits of the works of his hand. And God rejected Cain, but accepted Abel. Because of the sacrifice at Abel, he was picturing Christ and Calvary on the cross and the shed blood of Christ that can wash our sins. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. He say, you know what? Yes, of course, he's much better than what you're going to. You know what? You want to go the, the route of my brother Cain? God, God says he offered the works of his hands. He was not accepted with God. But I offered the blood sacrifice representing Jesus Christ as my Savior. And guess what? I was accepted in the beloved Amen. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, Abel, though dead, still testifying to us that only through Jesus Christ will we ever make it to heaven. Of course Christ is better because there's nothing else out there that can take us to heaven. All the good works you can come up with, all the money you can come up with, guess what? They'll never get you to heaven. There's only one way to heaven and that is Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. He's the only one that can take us to heaven. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God did not accept Cain's sacrifice because the sacrifices represented the efforts of Cain. And some people today, they try to go to heaven their own way. And they say, you know what, I think I'll go to church and be faithful to church and give money and, and try to do good things. But you know what, all those things are good, but that will not take you to heaven. The only way you're going to go to heaven is understand that we're sinners in the sight of God. We deserve to die and go to hell. But Jesus died and paid for our sins. And if we accept him as our Savior, he'll give us eternal life. Only one way to go to heaven, amen. And that is Jesus. None of us will ever make it to heaven. On the merits of our good works. Either we trust Jesus or we'll go to hell. So Abel is Jesus better. Of course he is. There's nothing out there. That could take me to heaven. And I believe that. Because I offered a blood sacrifice. By the way Abel was the first martyr. First one killed for his testimony. Was Abel. Abel. So what are you saying? Definitely, Christ is better. Next witness, please. Yes, sir. My name's Enoch. I want to tell you why Jesus is better. You know, there's no one I'd rather spend time with than him. Hebrews 11, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The Bible says in Genesis that Enoch walked with God, man. And he enjoyed the fellowship with God. And, uh, and we've heard it before. And I believe God one day said, you know what? I like our fellowship daily, walking by with you. You know what? Today, you know what? I'll just take you home to be with me. And we'll fellowship forever. Enoch walked with God. Of course, Christ is better. 
There's nothing out there that can compare to the fellowship we have in Christ. When we walk with Him and talk with Him, there's nothing like that. And Enoch says, yes, of course Jesus is better. Any other witnesses? Oh, pick me. My name is Noah. Noah, what do you have to say about Christ? You know what? Christ honors those who honor him. They made fun of me. They said I was a nut. You're building a boat. There's no water to float the boat. Oh, but man, they didn't realize God was sending the water. Amen. And the float, uh, the boat will float. Amen. But you know what? God honors those who honored him. The Bible says everybody was wicked, but Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And God saved his family. Anyone else? My name is Abraham. And let me tell you that Christ is better. You see, God will never lead you wrong. Even when I did not know where I was going... God knew where I needed to be. He is my guide. He has never steered me wrong. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to the place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed, he went out, and not knowing whether he went. What else, Abraham? You know what? I can trust his word. He told me, my son Isaac is going to inherit the promised land. When God asked me to sacrifice Isaac, you know what? I knew he was going to raise him again because he promised that, uh, that Isaac, my son, is going to be, uh, is gonna be uh, inheriting the promised land. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom he was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Any other witnesses? Yes, sir. My name's Sarah. And Christ is better. Why? He's able to do the impossible. Oh, man. I was an old lady. I was not able to have any more children. But guess what? I had a son. Because God said, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Guess what? The millions of Jews on earth today is because of Isaac, the son of Sarah. Who else? Can testify. My name is Moses. And Christ is better. I had position. I had possessions. I had prestige. But I gave it all for Christ. And guess what? It was worth it. I mean I was a son in the house of Pharaoh. I had it all if I wanted it. But I gave it up. For Christ, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. And on and on we can go as we read the rest of chapter 11 of men and women who testified 
that Christ is better than anything this world can ever offer. And Paul was saying, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, these that have gone on before you, that have testified of the grace of God, the love of God, the power of God, these, he says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, then don't quit them. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which has so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking, and let me give you another witness, looking unto Jesus, amen, Woo! the author and finisher of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Are you tempted to quit? To whom will you go? Where will you go? Is there anything out there, anyone out there, that is better than Christ? Let me tell you by the witnesses, the testimony of these witnesses, there's no one and there's nothing that is better. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. And may all who come behind us find us faithful. There's no need to quit. I don't know what you're going through and I'm sure there are many who are going through deeper valleys than I can ever imagine. But regardless of the valley, Christ is better. To whom will you go? Why do you want to quit and not, and not serve God with your life? To whom will you go? Listen to the witnesses. They gave up a lot. They died. They were persecuted and martyred. And they said, Christ is still better. It's worth it. You don't need to quit. Yes, you may go through hardships, deepest valley, but don't ever quit on God. To whom will you go? God is still good. He is still gracious. He still loves you and cares for me, for you and me. God is still worthy of our devotion. By the way, if you're here, and you say, I, I don't even know I'm going to heaven. The journey has not even started for me. Well, listen to the testimony of Abel. It's only through the blood sacrifice of Jesus that we get to start the race. And Jesus says, you know what? If you'll just trust me and put your faith in me 100% to take you to heaven, based on the fact that I died for you all your sins on Calvary, Jesus says, I'll give you eternal life. By the way, there's no other better way to go to heaven because there is no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. For those of, our, those of us who are saved, 
No need to doubt him now. He'll make a way somehow. Safely this far, Jesus has led me. No need to doubt him now. To whom will you go? Christ is better. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.